Welcome to the Antioch Austin podcast. Wherever you're listening from, we hope this message encourages you. For more information about Antioch Austin, please check our website at AntiochATX.com. Hey there, Antioch. It's great that you're tuning in today. My name is Chris, and I'm the executive pastor here at our church. And you know what? I want to start today by playing a little game. We're going to play a little game of fact or fiction. I'm going to describe a character to you. And you're going to sit there and you're going to decide, is this a fictional character or is this the facts from somebody's life? How's it sound? Are you ready to play our game? Well, our character, they, they decide, they grow up and they're like, you know what? I want to be a lawyer. So they, they apply to law school, they get in, and, you know, but they really struggle in law school. They're really having a hard time. In fact, they struggle so much that they almost fail out. But they end up graduating and making it and they jump into construction law and become really successful at what they do. So successful, in fact, that they almost never lose a case. Well, as you can imagine, an attorney that is never losing cases does pretty well for themselves financially. So our character decides, you know what? I've done well for myself financially. I want to go spend three months with my family just traveling around. So he tells his partners, this is what I'm going to go do. I'm going to go travel with my family. The partners respond, no, you're not. If you do that, you'll be fired, to which he would naturally respond, no, I'm going to do it and you're not going to fire me because I'm that good. And they agree. So he goes and he takes this trip. And while on this trip, he sees a little piece of land, just a small 2,500 acres in British Columbia that he decides to buy. He blows up the side of the mountain, builds a giant lodge that he can go to and invite people to. Next step of the trip is he, he goes to Uganda and he starts to, to develop schools for, for underprivileged kids to, to go to. And he meets some government officials through that contact. And, and through those relationships, what he learns is that there's these witch doctors in Uganda that are performing these rituals and, on, on kids. And, and it's, it's a really disgusting thing that's taking place and he's just not okay with it and so he works with these government officials and he gets a law made yeah he gets a law made and then he takes those witch doctors to court and wins but then he decides you know what there's a better way here there really is a better way what if we made a school for the witch doctors and instead of convicting them we we reformed them and that's exactly what happens he eventually goes on to start other schools in, in other countries, places like Nepal, Congo, Somalia, and even an all-girls school in Afghanistan. Incredible, remarkable things. Through all the things that have taken place with our character, they, they meet different government officials and they begin to invite these government officials to that lodge they built on the side of the mountain, specifically government officials who've had conflict with one another, nations who don't get along. And he invites them to his lodge and he says, let's talk about you making peace. Even though he has no international law authority to do this, he invites them and says, I want to help you work out your differences. And they actually come. It's so incredible that, that he actually ends up becoming the Ugandan ambassador to the United States. Even though he's not a Ugandan, he becomes the Ugandan ambassador 
to the United States. Eventually, they write two best-selling books, and now they coach dreamers who want to see impossible things happen. So, fact or fiction? If you guessed fact, you nailed it. Our character is a guy named Bob Goff. You know, when we hear stories like Bob's story, often what we have to do is first pick our jaw up off the floor because we hear these stories and we're just like, I can't believe that's possible. You probably were hearing that story and thinking, I'm so inspired right now. What is possible? What could be possible in my life? Is is there more to it than what I've been living? Maybe it's time for me to go for it. You know what? It's time for for me to, to dream on. But then the moment will pass and there'll be a whole nother set of thoughts that will begin to come. Thoughts that actually feel more like verdicts, reminding you all over again about why that dream is just a dream. Thoughts that are gonna reinforce that you don't have what it takes, that, that your past has eliminated you from that future. See, these are thoughts that kill the dream. They kill the dream that God wants to birth within us. And today we're gonna be in week two of our of our series called Pause, where we're diving into prayer and what it means to pray. And today we're gonna, we're gonna see what it means to pray and dream. What it means to grab hold of the dreams of God. And honestly, my motivation in this talk today is that by the end of it, you would simply leave inspired to dream on. That phrase, dream on, it's most often said with some cynicism and some ridicule by people that don't necessarily believe that anything beyond what they can see, taste, and touch is possible. And so you tell them an idea that's crazy, maybe off the wall, maybe a little radical, and they say, dream on. But I want to tell you, dream on. Dream on today. Let the wild, fanciful, crazy ideas have some room within you today. Let your what-if statements start to fly. Let the extravagant and unlikely run free. I want to give your heart, your hope, and your future permission today to dream on. So we're going to look at the story of someone like Bob from the Bible who dared to dream on with God. And they would end up seeing incredible impossibilities become their daily reality. They'd see things like armies being defeated without a sword being lifted. They'd see millions of people fed with just food appearing day after day. They'd actually see an entire nation set free from slavery. But just like everyone who has ever dreamed, there were challenges to be overcome. There were thoughts that had to be wrestled through, questions that had to be answered. See, this is where most dreamers die. The challenges, the roadblocks, we get stuck. And so the dream dies before it ever really has a chance to live because those thoughts, those questions that we have, they deliver a fatal blow to the dream. But we're going to learn how to pause in prayer 
to dream with God so that the dream isn't silenced, but those thoughts that are limiting us are silenced. Because in dreaming with God and in pausing in prayer, what happens is God responds to our thoughts and our questions. And he helps us move through them. And so we're going to talk about three specific thoughts that come, that are common to most everyone as we begin the process of dreaming. Early on in the Bible, there's this story of prayer, which is where we're going to be looking today. And it feels more like a conversation than anything. And that's what I found that prayer is so often like with me and God. It's a conversation. And this is a conversation between God and Moses that is taking place. And here we are in this back and forth. And what happens in this back and forth is a dream takes hold and the thoughts get silenced. We're gonna pick up in Exodus chapter three where Moses is on the far side of the wilderness. He's not leading a nation. He's just leading a flock of sheep. There's been no manna from heaven. There's been no miracles yet. And it's where most dreamers start. Actually, it's where nearly all dreamers start. We romanticize it in our culture. We think people have become overnight successes, but the reality is they just start with an idea. They start with the hope. They start with the desire for something different. See, what Moses started with was a staff and some sheep. He comes in Exodus chapter three. He comes to the mountain of God and God meets him right there where he's at. And we're gonna pick up in verse two of chapter three. Let's look at it together. In verse two, it says, there the angel of the Lord appeared to him in the flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. And when the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here am I. Don't come any closer, says God. Take off your sandals for the place that you are standing is holy ground. I am the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And at this, Moses hid his face. If we're gonna be dreamers who learn how to dream on with God, it starts with us coming to him. Because when we come to him, what God does is he calls us by name. He says, Moses, Moses. He says, you're seen. He sa I see you. I know who you are. He says, you know what? I don't just know who you are. I know your story. I'm the God of your fathers. I'm the God of Abraham. I'm the God of Isaac. I'm the God of Jacob. I'm the God of your history, Moses. And I'm the God of your future. He has this moment where he comes to God and God meets him right where he's at. And what it becomes is an anchor point in our life. So when things, when things go off the rails and they're not working the way we thought they were going to be, what happens is these moments in which we've come and God sees us and he calls us by name. He says, I know your story. They become those anchor points that remind us that we're not in this dream alone. That God's with us in the process. We pause and we come and a dream finds life. That's what happens in the story beginning in verse nine. God gives life to a dream. 
Jump with me with, to, jump with me to verse nine here. In Exodus three, beginning in verse nine, and now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, God says, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go, I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. Here God gives Moses a clear look at his dream. My people need to be set free. And so Moses, I want to use you to do this. It sounds really simple and impossible. God's like, I want them to be free. So Moses, just go. It's a simple dream. People set free from slavery. It's a simple dream. Racial divisions heal. It's a simple dream. Your marriage restored. But from where we sit, it can feel so much more complicated than that. See, because we have questions and limiting thoughts that, that keep us from seeing how this impossibility can actually become a reality. You know, and we start to ask ourselves, God, how, how can I see this marriage restored? We've got years of miscommunication, hurtful words that have been spoken. And in fact, every time I do something, it just seems to make it worse. You know, maybe you say, you know, God, how can I help bring healing to racial divisions? You know, God, if I'm really honest with myself, I don't even have any real friendships with people of other races. I don't have a, a platform to speak from. I wouldn't even know where to start. See, however big the dream might be, it's always started with something simple. An idea where God says, I want my people to be free. And I want to use you to do it. The reason the pause of prayer is so pivotal is that it addresses these roadblocks, these thoughts and questions that keep us from dreaming on. See, the roadblocks that we experience, they're not unique to Moses. They're not unique to you. And they're not unique to me. They're things that we all tend to wrestle through when we step into something that's bigger than us. And the pause of prayer is where we bring them to God and God speaks to us in them. Verse 11, Moses says to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? See, when I imagine this story, what I see is Moses starting to glance over his shoulder and wondering, God, are, are, are you talking to me? Did Maybe you got a different Moses that you were trying to, trying to get a hold of. And this conversation that, that Moses has back with God, he's like, hey, look, God, um, I know you know my name. Um, maybe you don't know my full story. You know, see, uh, yeah, last time I saw Pharaoh, it's true, I, I know Pharaoh. Yep, we've, we've met. Um, see, but last time, last time we saw each other, I was, uh, I was running, and, and he was chasing because I had, uh, see, I'd kind of killed somebody. And uh, so 
you know, I don't think Pharaoh's going to be all that interested in uh, talking to me about um, releasing those people. I think he's going to be more interested in a conversation about locking me up for what I did in my past. And, you know, I, speaking of those, those Israelites, yes, yes, technically, I am one of them. Um, but I don't know them. I grew up as an Egyptian prince, not a Jewish slave. So, you know, guy, I don't know if I can do this. What Moses is really saying here is, what about my past? What about my past, God? See, a roadblock that we all hit is we have a past. Yes, you have a past. And no, it does not limit you from the dream of God for your life. Your past is who you were. It is not who you are. When we dream on with God, God responds to our question about our past with a simple response. He simply says in verse 12, I will be with you. I will be with you. Why that matters when we dream is because we don't approach things like we used to in our past. When God says, I will be with you, we approach things according to what he wants to do now. I, my past does not define who I am. The God who's with me defines who I am. So I move forward into the dream knowing that God is with me. That yes, I may have tried to fix things on my own in the past and made a mess of things. Yeah, I may have made a bunch of mistakes along the way, but God is with me. I've got an ally now and things are gonna be totally different because God is with me. My past is not my future. My past is who I was. It's not who I am. Yet Moses faces another roadblock, another thought, another question he's got he's to work through. And so he brings this thought to the, to the table. And in verse 13, he says to God, suppose I say to the Israelites, the God of your fathers has sent me to you and they ask me, what's his name? What do I say to him then? The question that Moses is asking God here is what's the plan? What's the plan? I don't know where to start. For many of us, when we work through the dilemma of our past and we believe God's with us, we'll get to this point and we'll feel stuck because we don't know the full plan. How many of you are similar to me in the fact that you like plans? And you want a full plan. And sometimes you don't move until you have the entire plan. And so we end up stuck because we want the full plan laid out before we're willing to take a step. See, what Moses does here in this conversation with God is he simply just asks for a plan. He says, God, what's the plan? And you know what God does? He gives him one. Let that blow your mind. He asks God for a plan and God gives him one. The rest of Exodus chapter three is God giving Moses a plan. He tells him what to say, who to say it to, what to do next, and then what's going to happen when Moses follows the plan. I know that some of you watching today are feeling that stuck feeling. You've grabbed onto the dream of God, but you feel like it's not moving forward. 
What I want to encourage you to do is take time to pause and tell God, I need a new plan. I need, I need to know what to say. I need to know what to do. Pause and tell him you need a plan. And then listen. Let me repeat it. Listen. I've been there so many times where I feel stuck and I pause and I come to God in prayer and I tell him, I don't know what to do. God, would you help me? But then the hustle of the day gets going and I end up trying to solve the problem on my own without ever actually listening to what God might want to say to me. See, what happens then is I just stay stuck, which means I stop dreaming. But today, dream on. Dream on by pausing to listen. Pausing and saying, God, would you give me your plan? And let's move through this roadblock because the reality is, is when you ask God for the plan, he wants to give it. God wants to give the plan. Moses asked, God gave it. Moses asked and God gave it. If you will ask, he will give it. Pause and listen. Now there's one more common roadblock that most of us are gonna have to work through along the way. For Moses, he had to bring it up three times. Three different times Moses brought it up. He brought it up first in Exodus 4, 1, when he says, what if they don't believe me? You know, what if they, they don't listen to me, God? What if they don't believe me? Again, in verse 10, he says, you know what? I'm not a really good communicator, God. I'm not that good with words, so you know, I'm just not sure this is gonna work. And then in verse 13, he gets really really blunt and he says send someone else you know you've got the wrong guy god each time it's really getting at the same thought i don't have what it takes i don't have what it takes and when you dream big dreams with god I can almost guarantee you, you will experience this. You will find yourself trying to do something that feels so much bigger than what you're capable of. And the reason it feels that way, it's because it is. The dreams of God are bigger than what you can do on your own. And that's okay. Any God-sized dream will push you beyond what you were capable of achieving on your own. Moses says to God, I'm not sure I have what it takes. What if they don't believe me? I'm not a good communicator. Send someone else. And each time he says something, God looks at him and says, okay, Moses, I'm gonna give you what you need. You're concerned that they won't believe you? Then I will work miracles for you. 
you're concerned that you won't know what to say, then I'm gonna put words in your mouth when you need them. And maybe my favorite, Moses, you're concerned I've got the wrong guy, that you can't do this on your own. Okay, then I'm gonna give you people to do it with you so that you don't have to do it on your own. When you hit the roadblock where the dream maybe feels like it's not happening or like it can't happen because you don't have what it takes, because your past feels too big, because you're not sure what the plan is. Don't stop dreaming. Pause. Continue the conversation in prayer. Bring your thoughts. Bring your questions to God. But dream on. Dream on. For Moses, he was on the far side of the wilderness when he began to dream on. He wasn't an, a leader with some wild, impressive resume. Moses didn't even have a track record of great success. What he had was a desire to come. He came to God. He said yes to the dream. And he continued the conversation in prayer with God. That's all we need. Can you come? Can you say yes? And can you talk it through with God when the thoughts and questions try to limit you? Today, God is inviting us into some dreams. Today, there are impossibilities that God wants you to know. He wants them to become realities. Today, there are what ifs that God is looking to turn into remember wins. For some of you, you've been wandering on the far side of the wilderness. Today's the day where you simply just come and God can put a dream in your heart. For others, you've, you've come, you've grabbed hold of a dream, but you feel stuck. Today's the day where you pause. You pause again. You tell God your thoughts and your questions. And by faith, he's gonna move you through them. Today's the day where we dream on. Today's the day where we step into the impossible. So church, I wanna tell you again, dream on. God, we, we just take a moment right now to pause And we come to you fresh in our hearts and we, we ask that, that you would say our name, that, that we would feel seen by you. And God, that you would put your dreams in our hearts. And God, along the way, we just wanna make a, a commitment right now to keep coming to you with our thoughts and our questions, allowing you to speak to us. Because God, we wanna be the people that dream on. We want to be the people who dream your dreams. So God, here we are. Would you use us? 
to dream on. In Jesus' name, amen.